Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms No Fluff. Hello, Alma. How are you? I'm good. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Two Moms No Fluff. If this is your first time listening in, we are two wonderful moms from across the country, from different countries, who discuss all things having to do with parenting children with disabilities. And today, I'm very excited to tell you that we are, well, actually, I'm going to let Iris tell you what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you that, uh, pass the baton to you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy. I got it. Here it is. So today we are going to talk about the silver lining, or as I like to refer to it as the gold lining, of having a child with a disability. And I know that in this podcast in general, we really talk a lot about the hardship and the kind of rough corners and things that are challenging in our lives and I guess probably our listeners' lives. But today we are going to talk about all the benefits and uh, I am not only talking about like getting a disabled placard for your car, which is pretty cool. I have to admit it made my life much easier, but there are some serious topics here. So please join us and listen in. And uh, I hope that if there are parents that are listening today that are really at the very, very beginning of this journey with kids that are really newly diagnosed and you really feel like the sky is falling over you, uh, that uh, you can and join us and understand that there is also really good in this game. And it's hard to believe it at the beginning, but there is a lot of good. Back to you, so Anna. Glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that because uh, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because both Iris and I have spent uh, numerous uh, hours uh, talking to parents with 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 new diagnoses and it really does you said that it feels like the sky falling for me it felt like literally I described it to people as a, a, a ton of bricks fell on top of me and I couldn't get up and you will learn on your journey I hope that this does not have to do with your child or your life it has to do with society and how society um, deals with us and our kids and how we um, or in a position where we really need to change the perspective on, on disability so that our kids and our families are um, a part of the community and that it shouldn't be such a, you know, a terrible thing that um, people have kids who are different, that this is really about ableism, why we feel so distraught when we get a diagnosis. But as Iris mentioned, there are so many um, beautiful things and, you know, we said we wanted to call this gold linings, yes, instead of silver linings and even platinum linings. Because, <laughs> um, our lives truly are richer for having our kids, our kids in it. And yes, there are challenges just like there are with any kind of a parenting situation. But our kids bring so much richness to our lives. And I, I have a good friend who, who says, um, you know, her kid is her teacher, that this is really, you know, 
her kid is her teacher. And I hear that a lot. And although it sounds corny and although, you know, when people said that to me in the early days, um, I kind of rolled my eyes, you know, on the inside and, but it's true. Our kids teach us a lot about the world, about ourselves, about how to be better people. So let's just jump right in, Iris. Um, let's start telling some, some stories about how, how having our kids makes, makes life pretty, pretty pretty good sometimes. Yes, I think that, uh, again, that was um, to Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes this, this, this is an opportunity for our listeners to know that I'm totally disconnected from the world. <laughs> embarrassing, but yes, I am. Uh, every cultural reference, I'm just like, what? Who? Why? <laughs> but yeah, but I have Alma here to support me in this like clueless life of mine <laughs> she's in the know always anyway I think that one of the like really really soon after mm -hmm. my daughter was diagnosed and she was diagnosed fairly late it's kind of like a, a mystery how she flew under the radar until she was eight and a half months old and she has a very severe significant case of cerebral palsy it's just like <laughs> every time I tell this story to people they're like uh, did she have a pediatrician? And just yeah, she had a pediatrician. <laughs> anyway, so basically, uh, when uh, when she was newly diagnosed, like one time, I, I was in in a. Uh, a therapy uh, area activity for kids with uh, you know disabilities and one of the mom came, moms came to me and I, I knew her like really you know briefly I met her a couple of times. And she's like, listen, uh, I, I was just, I took my baby to this like expert from Poland today. She's here only for a few days. She was amazing and she did this and that. And th this is very different than anything that we found or did with our babies so far. And I'm just like, I'm listening in and my heart is kind of sinking because A, I don't have the money. B, I didn't know that she was in the United States. And C, I didn't like made the appointment for my daughter. And she kind of continues, continues, continues. And then she said, I hope you're not going to be upset with me. But I, I just, I begged them. I convinced them to push uh, your daughter into the schedule uh, tomorrow. So they, they would take her. And I already paid for your session so you can take her. And I was like, I, I, I just, I, I was like, this is Erica Rodway. Love you still. We haven't been in touch for a long time. But this is like one of those never in my life, like anyone until that point, because there's hundreds of stories to follow like that that happened to me along the years. But it was just like it was the first time that someone like like helped us, like really helped us in a situation. And she knew it's like what what, what we were going through because she had another baby at the same age as my daughter. And I just couldn't believe it. I, I wanting to hug her and kiss her and, and thank her wasn't enough to kind of like all the feelings that I had at that moment. And I think that um, if there wasn't maybe such a big need or such like deep despair in my life, I wouldn't be able to also feel the the give, you know, and, and for to have an opportunity to for people to give me at such a extent. And uh, I think uh, both my husband and I got very lucky in terms of those experiences that we felt so many times that we were lifted uh, from the bottom of the abyss, really, sometimes by other people. 
And most of the time it was like people that we didn't even expect. They kind of came out of nowhere with yeah. their capes and just like rescued us, you know? It was amazing. And um, I, uh, I think that uh, it's, it's kind of hard to believe sometimes when you're really kind of down low and feeling all by yourself that, that these people are out, out there, but they are. And if yeah. you're, again, it's the beginning of this journey and you feel that you're all alone, you're not. You just did not yet meet your heroes, but they are there and they would show up in your life big time. Absolutely. And I really want to make the distinction between people stepping in and stepping up, not because of pity, but because they are good people. And a lot of times our eyes aren't open or ears aren't open. We're just not aware of all the beauty that's out there. And having kids and, uh, you know, in, in these unique and challenging situations sort of puts us in a role where I feel like, not a role, but in a space where we can really be open to seeing how good humanity can be. And I think that that's a real plus because people spend their lives um, you know, looking at the world with that glass half full or being really, you know, they can be negative or simply sweating the small stuff. And these, this, you know, this kind of a path really allows us to, because we do need the help sometimes um, and we, we can, we do struggle sometimes, it just it allows us to be open to the kindness of strangers and to the people in our lives where, you know, we wouldn't necessarily feel that way or be open to that if, if everything was going just fine. So it's sort of like being on a little bit of a higher plane, I tell people, that people in this world, and especially people who really get it, who are people who have experienced any, you know, some other kind of struggle in their life, um, they get it. It doesn't have to be a child with a disability. It could be anything, but they know you really see the good in people um, by their actions with this. Um, you've mentioned in other episodes, you know, we, that people's masks come off in this in this life, good for the good and the bad. And there is a lot. There are a lot of good. Um, there's a lot of good under a lot of masks that we might not have known about. So um, when I uh, had Lincoln, I was I was. Uh, you know, it, it, not in a great state. I was I was very um, concerned about our future. There was a lot of fear that I had because, again, I read all these you know very daunting things in in uh, online that the doctor told me to do. We'll talk about that in a future episode about getting the actual getting of the diagnosis and how that can be a very traumatic experience if it's not done properly. Um, but my I had some friends who just stepped up like nobody's business, just took care of everything for me. I had friends who came over who were so desperate to help me in some way that they started cleaning my closets. You know, it was not something that was a pressing need, but they wanted to do something, anything. So they just went upstairs and started rearranging and cleaning, you know, like folding all the linens in my, in my linen closet. And I just remember that that moment you know where they just they were they were folding it's just something i'll never forget they were folding my pillowcases um around that time as well i had a babysitter who her name is diana posada and i will say her name publicly because she is still um such a wonderful person um in our world in our community and she was our babysitter for the for the older kids and i'll never forget that um she called me up in those early days and she um, 
would typically, you know, go to, you know, she would sit for us a couple of days a week during the week. And she had her own family and her own children. And I'll never forget, she called me up and she said, and she was a church going person. She would go to church on Sundays. And she called me, I guess, during the week. She said, I'm going to come over on Sunday. I'm going to let myself in because she had a key to our house because she was our babysitter. She said, I'm going to come over on Sunday. I'm going to let myself in so that you can sleep. And I'm going to take care of your older kids. I'm going to give them breakfast and I'm going to let you sleep. And she was a young woman. She was only in her 20s at the time. And here I was, I was, you know, in my late 30s, I guess. And it was like, I had always seen her like as, not as a child, but like she was, you know, I could have been her mother almost, you know. And she just took on this role so gracefully, so beautifully, and just stepped up and did that. And I'll just never forget, she said, she said to me, you know, I'm tearing up as I think about it. She's like, you're going to be okay. Everybody's, everybody's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. And just to have a much younger person be able to give that sentiment um and to you know to come to my house on on her day off on her day of you know worship to come and do this for me i was so touched and i will never forget it and um not only did she do that but uh, i've mentioned in previous episodes that lincoln had a feeding tube and i had told her you know you you never have to do that you know with lincoln i might run to the store and you can you know be with him, but I'm never going to ask you to do that. And she was like, I don't mind doing that. She's like, let me do it. And she just took it on. And to me, you know, in those very, very early days, um, I was so mortified about having anybody, like the, the thought had never occurred to me that anybody would want to go near my breast milk that was in a mm-hmm. tube and hold a tube into my, you know, son's stomach. Like, I made it very clear, like, you never have to do this. You know, I'll do it. You never have to do this. You can watch the other kids. But she not only offered, she insisted on doing this and dealt with my breast milk. And I just, it showed a side of humanity. I mean, it may sound like a small thing now, but it was so huge at that time that somebody would offer to to do this for me. Um, And those were the kinds of incidents that just really they touch me in such a way that it did make me feel like this might be all right. Like there, there are people who are going to help me. There are, you know, it planted a seed of hope for me and it showed me again, a side of, of, of humanity that I didn't expect that I was, I was in such a state that I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And these kinds of things helped me, see that wow maybe there and I might not have even thought about it consciously but just it gave me a sense of peace that there are going to be people out there who who are going to be there yeah I think that this is an opportunity maybe to make a small shout out for friends and family of people that have a newly diagnosed child in their family and to just mention how these little acts of kindness and sometimes sometimes it's basically nothing that makes a huge transition or a huge difference in a, a person's life. The, the shock of um, a new diagnosis in, you know, for the parents, for the sibling is sometimes so uh, severe that uh, 
it's uh, let's say something small that I once heard about uh, a child that had um, a serious facial deformity and, and um, the mother was, I don't know, at the doctor's appointment, I can't remember exactly the details, but someone asked her, like after seeing that the child, if they can hold him or her, you know, and it 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 was just like a, a little thing that, but but for her, like that other people would want to connect, that they would want to hug and snuggle her baby, despite what she thought would be the end of any relationship with the world. It's yes. it's something small, but it opens a window to a new perspective, to a new possibility, and uh, it's it's just. Um, I remember that uh, after you know we understood what was the situation with our child, I was very angry that mm -hmm. the sun continued to shine. It yes. was like an insult. I just I could not believe it that it's morning and the sun is shining. How can it shine? Like this is like so unfair. It was really yeah. upsetting to me for a long period of time. I just I wanted it to be dark and for everybody to suffer too. And uh, I uh, I think that uh, it's just. Uh, the, the thing that matter most is how others really react and accept the new situation because having a child who's differently able, I want to say it in this uh -huh. context like that, that uh, it, it shouldn't be a big deal. It no, shouldn't be a big not. deal. It's a big deal because society has some kind of preconceived notion about it. We have a preconceived notion about what love means and what is the relationship between a parent and a child. And mm -hmm. I think that once you have a child that is differently able, you can reconstruct all of those relationships with yourself, mm -hmm. with your spouse, with your uh, family and your environment. Because yeah. uh, I, I believe that one of the advantages of this situation, it, mm -hmm. it really makes you rethink and reevaluate priorities and mm -hmm. rethink and reevaluate your place in the world and in society in general. And yeah. I think that this was one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. And yes. uh, it was also kind of for us across a, a couple of cultures because we were living in the United States. Yes, uh, yet our kind of point of social and uh, familiar reference was in a different culture in Israel. And in between those two, I had to kind of pave a path for our child and for our family. Um, and it's uh, as Robert Frost says, <laughs> the road less uh, traveled or less taken. This, this is it. It's just like uh, I'm sorry, I'm insulting a national author here with <laughs> misquoting. <laughs> but at the end of the day, this, this is it. You have to kind of uh, make your own path in life. And yeah. uh, and in our situation, I had so many theories and so many things that I wanted to implement. I was already into homeschooling and a radical unschooling, and I had uh, my, you know, views about um, child uh, education and all that, and, and none of it included the possibility that my child would not be able to sit or stand, walk or talk or use her hands, and I'm just like, what do I do now? And uh, there, there wasn't any reference for what you do now. I had to write the manual all by myself. And I hope that in a way, us uh, here together with the podcast can reach out to some of the parents in, in this like really like ah, situation and help out because it is doable. And when you are able and free to pa pave your own path, then you can make a wonderful thing out of your life and your child's life. And this is something that a lot of people with typical kids 
cannot do for themselves because there is so many like restrictions and limitations. But now you find yourself kind of outside of the cube and you can do it and you have a lot of freedom. And I found that to be one of the most wonderful things that I could kind of like um, get like a tabula rasa and start all, all over again. This is what we do for our child and nobody could say anything because nobody knew anything else. Mm -hmm. and, and to be able to create our own path, like you're saying, we need support. And those early days of support and the support that we get along the way, and it's not necessarily the practical support, it's, um, you know, people stepping up and offering to help out practically, but it's just, it's the things that people say. And being in our situation, sometimes it forces people, or there's more of an, a, an incentive to be more honest and to be more thoughtful and giving in their words than they might be. People might be a little shy or hesitant to say certain things that are deep or meaningful about a relationship. Um, and it just cuts all the nonsense. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, I, I think I did come up with the name for our podcast, Two Moms No Fluff. Yes. Because the word fluff comes up, came up a lot with my friend Jackie and I, because we would talk about how when you have a kid with a disability, there's, there's no fluff. Like when you have relationships, like we, we have a lot less patience for relationships that are not, I mean, believe me, there, there's always room for relationships with friends that are just kind of fun. And you only just hang out and go to movies or, or drink or, you know, do something fun or play games, but the real deep people that you meet, um, you know, where you really have meaningful relationships, there's no fluff. Like we don't have as much room in our lives for nonsense, like things that really aren't important in life. We really cut to the chase when we meet people. Like we become very adept at assessing whether or not a person is a person of substance that we want to spend time with because we might not have as much time as other people. And we become very adept at see the mask. We're going to talk about the mask again. Um, we can kind of see through that mask like, who is this person and what's what's their deal? Um, and that doesn't mean we're going to write them off. It just means that we assess, we, ass, we can assess, um, uh, I don't want to say the quality of a person. It sounds very judgmental, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's this idea of um, we just don't, we don't, we don't have time for the nonsense. We don't have time to, to labor over trivial things that a lot of people in our midst do. They labor over things and they talk about them all the time. The things that we, we've sort of gotten to a point where we've gotten past that stuff because we have much bigger fish to fry. And we don't want to say our lives are, you know, more difficult because a lot of people who have kids with, with disabilities, their lives aren't as hard as other people's lives who don't have kids with disabilities. You know, it's all relative. But when it comes to spending time, our time and investing in meaningful relationships, we get there a lot quicker. I think that's what I'm trying to say, that we just get there quicker and we don't, and we're better able to see um, and feel, um, is this person, is this a person who's really going to get me and be there for me and my family in a time of need? I'm not, and I'm not saying like to do things for us, but just to get me and to get, because I need that. Like, I'm just going to be honest at this stage of my life, I need to spend time with people if I'm going to have a meaningful relationship who really get that I might have to cancel at the last minute and they're not gonna be pissed off at me or because of my kid 
or that my kid might do something that is not necessarily socially appropriate or that you might deem offensive. Like they need to understand the situation because I just don't have time, as much time for, you know, involved relationships where people don't, don't get it. And not everybody's capable of getting it. Um, and so I don't even want to negatively judge people for that. It's just that I guess it's a liberating feeling to be able to make those, you know, to be able to assess more quickly so that we're not wasting our time or the, more importantly, that we're not really disappointed in yeah. the end when we're shocked that how could this person, you know, not understand this or be angry at me for this or um, not help me in this real serious time of need. And because we don't want to be disappointed. I know I don't want to be disappointed. I don't know about you, Iris, but I don't <laughs> want to be disappointed. I want to have a core group. And that's, I think that a lot of what happens for a lot of parents of, of kids in these situations, um, or anybody who has a, a life that can be a little, you know, challenging, um, or busy in a stressful kind of way is that we, we really value our, our core group who, who get us, who get our lives, and who include us and who really make a point of, of, making that known in a variety of ways. And that's that's a gift. That's really a gift to be aware of that and to experience it um, and to value it and to let those people know. I always, you know, really try to let people know like you're you're there for me and I really, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say that to friends at, you know, at my age, like out of the blue, like tell them how much I appreciate them. You know, I would hope that I would, but I definitely am aware of the fact that I I really appreciate the people who, who are in my life, who I can count on. Yes, I, I have kind of like my uh, own words for it. I have the superficial friends and the mm -hmm. deep friends. And mm -hmm. the deep friends are the friends, friends. Like these are the people that are with you in thick and thin. And the, I, I think the, the superficial friends are, are people that we meet on a regular basis in, in activities. We're nice to each other. We have good laughs, as you said, and, and we can cooperate on like general things. But it, it's not, uh, th these, these are not the people that I, I kind of emotionally thrive because of them being in, in our lives. And yeah. um, it, it, is, it is very easy. It became very easy with the years to kind of like know who's who and how to kind of like uh, divide the very little social time that we have in our life because of the care needs. And uh, I think this is another thing that uh, even those early years when people really struggle and uh, it's like a new diagnosis and you're not, uh, you're not quite sure about your own pathway in this game of, uh, I guess, disability life, if I can call it that. I think that one of the nice things about those early years is that there's nothing that commends living in the here and now, like having a newly diagnosed child, because you have so many fires to like deal with. And, and there's, there's like really, I, I remember people telling me some, sometime along those like, oh, you and your husband really need to go on a date because your relationship would die if you don't do anything. I'm just like, hey, the relationship won't die. We're two, the two people on a mission right now, right yeah. here, because uh, we have some urgent business to take care of. And be like, if someone is drowning, you don't like bother them with what they are wearing right now. Like that, that, that doesn't make any sense. And uh, I, I think that... Uh, the the focus on the here and now also has a lot of kind of uh, 
life power to it, you know? Very zen, it, it, very zen. Yeah, and, and, uh, and even, uh, even if you are now in the eye of the storm and you feel that things are chaotic and that you don't have a long-term plan, a five-year plan, you need to do, a, I don't know, whatever it is that you're uh, concerned with, it is okay. It is okay to be in the here and now, and it is okay not to focus on long-term goals and not to worry about where this relationship is going and not to worry about what would happen with your other kids in lieu of the situation right now. Sometimes you need to go into a survival mode. Mm -hmm. And there are also kind of very calming things about just like having your daily tasks and accomplishing them and then only. And I think that's a the whole kind of storm at the beginning of, uh, of of this kind of new life in a sense really mm -hmm. taught me also to shift gears and to put everything else on the side and focus on the here and now on days that I didn't necessarily need to focus on the here and now but it's just learning to shift gears in your life which is something I didn't know before mm -hmm. and and I appreciate that very much it's like and lessening people, life and people spend their whole lives striving to be in the here and now and we're sort of on the fast track you know to to do that and that's huge like to be able to live in the here and now like to appreciate this moment you know whenever people ask me how i'm doing i'm like right now i'm great and i and i and i and and i think about that in terms of like how i feel right now how today is going or how this week is going as opposed to you know, in jet last week, we had a horrible week, you know, it, you know, in two weeks, we might have another horrible week, but it forces me to say like, right now, things are good. And that's, that's significant because, and when I say right now, I'm, I mean, I am literally talking about like the day I'm having um, when they ask about, you know, Lincoln or, you know, my life in general. And that's a great way to live. And I think that again, is a, is a serious silver lining of, um, of the, the shifting of the gears, like you said. Um, something else you mentioned about relationships with our partner, if, if we do have a partner, um, you know, at another point, we are gonna talk about the statistics for divorce and the problems that can come up um, in a relationship with having a, a, you know, a difficult situation at home like this, but um, it can also bring couples together. It can really make you have a you're a unified front, um, and this takes a lot of work. I do not want to say that it's easy, but it is something that um, a lot of couples are very invested in the same thing, and they may not get along about anything else or a, a very few things. But with with the care of the child, when you when we're a unified front, it can really bring the couple closer together. Um, Lord knows there are a lot of other, you know, marital, you know, relationship challenges that can arise, but that is one uh, potential uh, kind of scenario when you have a child with a disability that you, you, you are both like a lion, a lion, lionesses, you know, who will both be there together to fight for your child, to advocate for your child, and to make sure they get everything they, they deserve in school and in society. And um, that is very powerful in relationships, to, to be working on something together like that. And that's a beautiful thing. And again, a lot of people don't have that in a, in a typical life when everything's going smoothly. And that sort of is a beautiful silver lining as well that I, I feel a need to mention. Yeah, and, and we will expand about the relationships uh, in, I think, not just one episode, but more, because it's like a big, big topic in this uh, 
and how, to avoid, and how to avoid the conflicts. We're going to really talk yeah. about that. That's huge because we, yeah. we all, you know, we have to work together and it, it's work. It is work to do that. And we're going to give you, you know, strategies for that and our own personal stories to yes. some extent. <laughs> not everything. You're not going to get all the deets from us, but uh, <laughs> Get <laughs> yes, I, I think that uh, in, in the silver lining uh, portion of things, I think the personal growth is such like a huge piece and affects so, so many other things. I think that for me, it, it, it wasn't just like how I behave, react, interact. It was even how I move and how I perceive reality. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I used to like, uh, you know, be kind of very goal oriented. Everything had to like, if there is a, a test, like let's say in a, the university or something, like I know some people aim to pass. I was like a hundred percent. If I get anything less than a hundred, I'm just like, I'm not satisfied. And it was kind of like my whole life was so achievement and goal oriented that I had to rewire how I thought because first I had to learn it from other other people in my life. People would come and approach us as parents and our child with such lack of judgment that I was like, this is a new country. I was not familiar with this. I was like, I think I was kind of maybe looking for activities and experiences where judgment was the key and achievement was the key. And I had to transition and I had to transition also how I did things with my child in terms of like how I touched her, how I held her. I needed to learn a whole different body language because her body was so so sensitive that I really needed to learn how to touch without touching almost and uh, it, it wasn't kind of my my body language in a way the way I, I reacted I used to like hug really tight and do things that are more kind of uh, you know with force and I don't mean like aggressive but it, it was a, li- a little bit of a change in how I moved. And I think that this whole experience is is really kind of so deep because you have to really, like if you're this person, you have to grow and become this person and there is no other way to do it. You need to learn how to change in so many frontiers. And I know it's like some people are climbing the Everest and everybody's celebrating their amazing achievement and other people are winning the Olympic gold medals and everybody is celebrating that. This is not anything that maybe Alma and I would give you like a Nobel Peace Prize later, but it's not anything that you know society appreciates or acknowledge, but you would feel it. You will be like a much bigger, better version of yourself uh, with those lessons in life that the disability lives bring, brings on. And Alma, you mentioned something earlier on and it reminded me that I used to tell people that it's almost like life before disability was kind of like a black and white movie. And then one day I was able to see all the colors. It was someone changing my TV. And and it's, it's just, there's so many different shades for everything that goes on in our life. And I wasn't aware. I really wasn't aware. It's like another, it's like a whole subculture. You know, we're not aware. seen people with disabilities, but we, the, to understand what goes on behind the scenes is truly mind-blowing. To, to know that people, the beauty of what people do, like, so talking about like uh, another huge silver lining is all the people that you meet who have children with disabilities, and you get to see how people, what they do for their kids, and what they do 
for other people's kids and how just how they live their lives. And I don't want, again, we don't want, this is an inspo porn as they call it. (laughs) It's not about, wow, you're so inspiring. It's, but it's acknowledging and just being um, an observer of how people are capable of such profound love and compassion and empathy for their children and for other people's children. It is very deep. It is extremely moving. And we don't see, you don't see that, or we're not aware of it. I'm a social worker. So I saw some of it in other people's families, but to see it from the inside and from the true behind the scenes is something that I'm so grateful for. And as corny as it sounds, it's, it is, I, you know, sometimes people say like, you know, what, what do you think your life would be like without this? And without, you know, your son having a disability. And, you know, I, I would never want my son to have to have this disability. I don't want him to have it. It's he, he struggles a lot because he has this, but I have to say my life is so much richer than it would have been um, had he not been born, you know, with this disability. It is truly, um, like you said, it's like you see that you see so much more and there's so much beauty to see in people and I so love my disability community. Um, it is, it is, it, it's my lifeblood, you know, talking to, to people who have kids with disabilities, engaging with them, socializing with them. It is so liberating to just let my short hair down and relax because I know that they get it. There, there is no judgment. They appreciate us um, as they should, as everybody should, life should just be like that. But unfortunately there is ableism, there's ignorance, there's people simply not being educated, not understanding. And when people do, um, show you that compassion and that just being normal is a form of compassion, just being like acting like, you know, we're just a regular family. I so appreciate it. I have a friend, Elizabeth, who, Early on, she and her husband and her kids would say, hey, can we take Lincoln to the zoo? Can we take Lincoln? That didn't happen. Like that did not happen with us that somebody actually called me. And they used to do that for my other kids all the time. People didn't typically do that with with him. And I so, you know, to this day, you know, they did it many times when he was little. And, um, you know, these are things that do not go unnoticed. They, it's a big deal. I know that was a double negative, but (laughs) um, poetic license. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of good that has come out of this. And, um, I'm, you know, uh, I'm very grateful. Yeah. I think that at the end of this kind of episode, I, uh, I do want to kind of embrace what you're saying. Nobody ever, ever wants or wish for their child to have a disability. And uh, it, it is kind of a catastrophic situation in which you have to really reevaluate and adapt to a new reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, life in many ways won't be the same uh, for any of the family members anymore. And uh, but there is so much beauty and so much uh, uh, learning and uh, expansion of life life and your personal life and relationship that uh, 
I too uh, can can second that, Alma, that uh, I would never want to go back to that boring old route that I was <laughs> I was on because I, I just, the, the view is much nicer from where I am right now. And it's just, a, it's a world of kindness that I wasn't aware of earlier on. And uh, at the end of this, I really want to encourage everyone um, at the beginning of this journey. And I know it is so confusing and daunting and scary uh, that uh, it's hard to even contain all of those feelings at the beginning. But um, there, 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 is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes you don't really need to reach the end of the tunnel. The light is right close to you. Just open your eyes and you'll see it and you'll meet your friends for the journey. And things do become easier and nicer. And, uh, and you might find yourself where we are today, like never looking back and just embracing uh, what it is. And uh, I'm, I'm glad. We're going to help you all in future episodes yeah. how to find that community because it's not always so easy to just, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about this community and all these people. They don't just come out of nowhere. We have to be out in the world in order to find those people or to have those experiences. And it takes a little energy to create community, whether you enter into someone else's, you know, other people's community or if you can create your own. But we're going to talk about that because, um, you know, it, it can it can seem daunting as well to, wow, they're talking about this community. It's like, I have no community. We're going to we're going to help you figure out how to get that community. So that yes, you even if you're an introvert like me and you like to spend most of your time at home, there is a community and you will find your friends for the journey. And yeah. uh, I, I you'll find your people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you, Alma, for reminding me about that. Yes. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks so much. And don't forget to write uh, in the comments your stories about your, your beauty stories, because we want to hear about um, the wonderful things that have happened in your life um, as a result of having a child with a disability. All right, Iris, I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye, Alma. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you.